You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. Good morning, guys. Pastor Ryan here. We are in a message series called Intentional Living. Welcome to North Valley. If you're tuning in for the first time, glad that you are with us. Uh, Today, what I want to do is just to get started is to kind of take a minute to share with you uh, just a couple of things that I've been thinking about just to be thankful for in the midst of this kind of crazy time. Uh, As I was thinking about it on a lighter note, you know, with all this COVID crisis going on, uh, how, how can you be thankful? God's Word says, give thanks in all things. I'm thinking, how can I be thankful in all things about that? Well, for me personally, I'm a germaphobic, and so I've always washed my hands a ton. And I'll tell you one of my pet peeves is when I go to a Cardinals games or a Suns game and everybody files out of their seats and out of the stadium and then they're going to go get a snack and then they go by the restroom and the guys go in there. Ladies, I don't know if you know this or not, but most of those guys, most of your men aren't washing their hands. And I've always thought to myself, golly, guys, wash your hands. And if they do wash their hands, they put it under the water for a second and then flick it and then walk out. So Lord willing, through all this, guys, you've learned how to wash your hands 20 seconds. So with all that being said, too, I'll tell you one other thing I am thankful for is I'm thankful for the technology side that churches all around the country are taking leaps and bounds in a crazy time to figure out how to get God's Word out, even at the risk of being uh, not so uh, professional or distracting. I don't know if you saw some of these clips coming up in just a minute, but there was uh, one guy that uh, tried to use technology, a Christian brother, uh, uh, used a, uh, some, some f- uh, Facebook Live or something like that, and little did he know there were some funny filters on when he started uh, his service. Another uh, priest decided to, to do it as well, and uh, it got a little too close to a candle, so check this out. Buonasera. Ci ritroviamo insieme per pregare, io in chiesa, e vogliamo pregare con la via crucis. And then, of course, to wait for an answer. Uh, I've just been pausing uh, between these... Oh dear, I just caught, caught fire. <laughs> oh my word. Well, okay, so now that you see some of that stuff, I bet you're learning how to use technology too and maybe made some mistakes. But overall, I think we're all trying to get through what we're going through. And today what I want to do is teach you what it means to live wise in some crazy times. Let's look at Ephesians chapter uh, 5, verses 15 through 17. The Apostle Paul says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as the unwise, but as the wise, making the best of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the the will of the Lord is. So the question is, is how how do you live wise in a crazy time? Well, I think we first need to realize there's kind of been two reactions in our culture in this time is, The first reaction that we have is to overreact. Um, As I've been watching my Christian uh, colleagues, my uh, brothers in Christ around the country, I've noticed uh, some of them have overreacted. 
And it's understandably so. I don't know if you're the kind of person that can overreact, maybe uh, misjudge the situation and get too emotionally charged. But in some of the churches today, they're cutting all their staff so fast and they're trying to change everything. While the church is, is uh, in North America, we're designed and prepared and have our staff uh, uh, trained in such a way that we do large gatherings, we teach, we lead worship, we establish classrooms and create Christian education. And um, some of the churches are trying to change 100% of what they do and uh, have just shifted their entire 100% game plan. And it's a bit of an overreaction because when this whole thing clears, we're going to be back to doing church like we used to. I don't know if in your household or among your friends that you're seeing others that are overreacting in this time. And, and, and it's, it's understandably so. However, there's also the reaction of underreacting. I see this where there are some churches that are continually meeting and trying to exercise their God-given liberty uh, uh, to be able to assemble and to worship together. And even some pastors and some churches are telling everybody to shake hands and to greet one another. Uh, Even despite the warnings of the CDC and uh, the government saying, don't do that. So the question is, is how should we react? Or maybe the better question is for us is, how do we respond? And today what I want to do is I want to talk to you about living wise in a crazy time as a Christian, and specifically as a Christian at North Valley. I believe that North Valley needs to to be, the right response is, is to be a good neighbor and a good citizen. We've got to figure out how we're going to be good neighbors in this process and and also good citizens. To be a good citizen is what the Apostle Paul urged the church in Rome. Uh, He said this, be a good citizen. All governments are under God insofar as there is peace and order. It's God's order. So live responsibly as a citizen. If you're irresponsible to the state, then you're irresponsible with God, and God will hold you responsible. As a Christian, you need to be responsible. As a representative of North Valley Community Church, you need to be responsible. We don't want to overreact and freak out and be paralyzed in fear, but we don't want to underreact and act like it's no big deal. This didn't catch God by surprise. God is still in control. God is still good. And we are called to live by faith and to be good citizens in the culture, in the, in the city that God has called us to. Additionally, though, we have to figure out in this time is how to be a good neighbor. The greatest commandments, Jesus said, are this, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And there is no other commandment greater than these. So what is the purpose of the Christian? It's to live out the great commandments. It's to figure out how how do you love God with all that you are, because he's wired you, made you, created you for worship, but it's also to love your neighbor. What connects the two commandments is the one word, love. You and me are charged in this time to figure out how we're going to love our neighbor. So how do you do this and be a good citizen and be a good neighbor? 
I think we've got to understand where we're at as a culture and in this crisis. And then what I want to do is I want to walk you through five ways I think that you can live wise in crazy times. But for now, I want to just help you to define where we're at and then what's coming in this crisis. Uh, Ed Stetzer did a number, uh, did an article for Christianity Today called This is Not the Crisis, but it's just a few weeks away. Uh, he, he is a missiologist, uh, a lecturer, a writer, a preacher. Um, a missiologist is someone who understands how God works in, in the area of missions and around the world. He's like a sociologist as well. And he, in this article, laid out four phases of the crisis that I think is really important for us uh, to consider how it applies to not only ourselves as Christians, but to our church, North Valley, and then other churches around the country. The first phase that we're in in this crisis, and this is important to understand because we want to live wise in crazy times. But the first phase that we're, that we're in uh, right now is the, f- f- the phase of pause and innovate. As a church, this last week, we had to figure out how to hit the pause button and start innovating. For the very first time, North Valley went online with this video teaching. We moved our, our kids' ministry online. We, we've figured out how to do worship online. And I know, so we've changed the way we do things here at our church as a, a the family of believers. And my guess is, is you've kind of had to hit the pause button too and innovate. It, many families are at home right now with kids and moms are trying to figure out how to be a homeschool mom and, and dads are trying to figure out if their job is going to be steady or not or perhaps have got a, received a pay cut or maybe lost their job or maybe you've been piled up with extra responsibilities. We've all had to hit the pause button and then start innovating really fast. Um, Additionally, we've had to adjust staff at the church uh, immediately. We've started to adjust, readjust the roles and the responsibilities. And at, at home or at work for you, my guess is, is you had to hit the pause button and, and adjust your work life, your home life. Now you're working from home, perhaps. And then you've had to adjust as well, my guess is, is projects, plans that you had, maybe travel plans, events, gatherings, ceremonies, uh, habits. We've all had to hit the pause button and then innovate. But I want to tell you, I don't think that we're in the crisis right now. I think the crisis is actually yet to come. If with the outbreak and the cases that are recorded in Arizona, many health experts do believe, I talked to one just this morning, and they said that they do believe that we are three to four weeks out from the peak of the crisis. The hope is, is that we take all these precautions and slow things down and implement social distancing, reducing large gatherings, uh, canceling large events, and it hopefully is going to flatten the curve of this onset spike of the cases being recorded and the people catching it. But this next phase is the phase that I think that we're all going into uh, this next week, and that is the prepare and plan phase. And as a church, we've got to prepare and plan. We've got to evaluate the church and, and the church family, how you're doing, how we're doing. Uh, my guess is in your home, uh, you're going to have to evaluate your family, your extended family, and get a pulse on how everybody's doing and then start to think through plans. 
Perhaps you're going to have to start thinking through a financial plan. Um, some of you, I understand, I've heard this week, uh, uh, according to the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, just last week, more than 3 million people filed for unemployment. Uh, there's as well a stimulus package coming out, and it's going to help at some level, but it's, their reality is that we're all going to have to make some financial plans. Um, some of you, I understand, have received bonuses at a time like this because perhaps uh, in your department, others were laid off and then you were given extra responsibility with extra hours. Some of you have been cut back and some of you have lost your job. We're all going to have to prepare and plan in the season that we're in and that we're going into. As a church, we're having to do that as well. We're having to prepare and to plan uh, for this financial challenge that we're up against. Many churches have said over the next five months, we're looking at a drastic reduction of offering and tithes up to 50% over the next five months. Right now, as our church is in this season, we're evaluating what are some uh, precautions and steps and plans that we need to take place. And we're already reshuffling responsibilities, minimizing some expenses. But hear me in this church. Uh, we are, while many churches and organizations are stepping back, we're stepping forward. We believe this is a critical time to prepare and to plan uh, and be wise in this time, but to realize this is, this is where the church needs the staff more than ever. This is a time when the church as a whole is needed in the community more than ever, and we have to be wise in how to do this. You're going to have to prepare and plan in the phase ahead, and this is over the next three to four weeks, you'll be needing to make plans and preparations for the onslaught of, I believe, what will be a spike in the cases of the coronavirus. It's kind of like if somebody, if you lived on the East Coast or the West Coast, they would say, get ready, a hurricane is coming. Well, the eye of the storm, I think, is coming in, in, in North America in three to four weeks and in Arizona. And while I'm not trying to spread fear or panic, what I'm trying to do is to warn you to be prepared, to be ready. And so what does this mean as well? It means that you and I have to figure out how are we going to provide and care for our family? How are we going to do this together? As a church, we've got to ask the question, how can we prepare and, and care for our church family? And, and I'll, I'll share with you, um, we've got uh, some opportunities that we're going to need you uh, to get engaged and to share with us where you're at. And I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But the next phase is the phase to engage and to execute. I believe after Easter time frame that we're going to see that's going to be the most necessary time where the church and you as a Christian are going to need to engage and to execute at some level. Uh, in this time, there's going to be a greater need for communication among the church staff and, and family members and friends and co-workers in, in this time. We're going to have to figure out all these communication mechanisms. Many of you are jumping on Zoom like you've never had before, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, all these different platforms. Communication is going to become crucial in this engagement and execution time. Uh, as well as delegation and oversight. As a church, we're thinking through in this phase of engaging and execution, this third phase, we're going to have to delegate responsibilities among our staff, among the 
congregation, you are going to have to do the same. Your, uh, your employers are going to do, be doing the same. And then last in this phase, we're going to have to all remain highly flexible as this has all been changing uh, day by day, week by week. The last phase, though, is the recover and the reemerge phase. In this phase of the crisis is when um, churches and Christians and businesses are going to become re recovering. I believe what we're going to see in the church world is that uh, the, the, the curve will flatten out, the cases will be reduced, and the gatherings will begin to happen again, perhaps in groups of 50, 100, 200, 500, and so on. And this will be a period of time. People have asked me, how long do you think this will be? We are planning and preparing perhaps for 12 weeks of being online and not gathering. It could be shorter, it could be less. But for now, our plans are is to do Easter online. Our plan is, is, is to just continue to equip and encourage you through Bible teaching and figuring out how to be digitally social while social distancing. In this time of recovery and reemergence, there will be a number of churches that have to close their doors. For example, when Katrina hit in New Orleans, there were more than 100 churches in that area as a result of that crisis that never reemerged. There are all sorts of churches and organizations and even businesses that will be shutting their doors. And the question is, is how will we recover as a Christian and reemerge in this time frame? My hope is, is that you would be stronger. That, you, that when God's Word says, uh, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, you think to yourself, how in the world could I do that? I'll tell you how, because when you call upon God for the Most High, for your power and your strength to get you through what you're going through, you emerge with a different level of power and strength. My bet is, is that God's using this in your life right now to reform, to reshape, to refine your character to make you stronger, to make our churches stronger. Uh, this result of this whole crisis, I want to be cautious and careful not to put it on God's judgment on the church, as some churches have said that. I would say what we need to see this crisis is as a result of sin. As soon as sin entered into the world, it spread like a virus and infected and affected everything. And the reality is, though, is that God promises to use he can use bad things and turn them for good. So my encouragement to you is at a time of fear, you rise up and you have faith and you determine now that we will recover. We will reemerge as a family in your home, in your work, and in our church stronger and, and, and uh, more healthy. I believe it's going to help our small groups. We're going to learn how to go online. We're going to better learn how to use technology. Perhaps we're even going to learn how to reach more people and mobilize more uh, missionaries. So what does this mean for us uh, personally in our household? Here's what I want to do now is I want to walk through five ways that I think that you can live wise in crazy times. Number one, I would encourage you that you need to hear me in this is that you need to take care of you in your household. You are responsible for this. You don't want to be the crazy person, the young person who says, I'm going to go to the wedding gatherings and despite the CDC or the government or whatever, you're putting everybody at risk when you do those things. We need to try to follow the guidelines and use social responsibility. We need to understand that while we're called to be a good neighbor, we need to be a good citizen as well. The Bible says, look carefully then how you walk. My encouragement to you in Ephesians uh, chapter 5, verse 15, you be careful. 
You need to be incredibly careful on how you do everything right now. Uh, not as the unwise, but as the wise. We as Christians need to be the wise people right now. I'm making the best use of, of the time because the days are evil. Why are the days evil? Because sin has entered the world and infected and affected everything. But God is not evil. God is good. And God promises to help us in our time of need. The Bible says, therefore, do not be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is. Each one of you have the counsel of the Holy Spirit. You need to take care of your household. You need to take uh, very cautious consideration with your kids for the emotional well-being, the spiritual well-being. Uh, your household is different. Maybe it's moved from uh, now in your in your where the living room is is now the classroom because now you have homeschool there. Uh, it's a different time. It's a workspace. It's a classroom. It's a different time. Time. The Apostle Paul gives a warning for, that, for the, uh, the heads of the household in 1 Timothy 5.8. He says, But those of you who don't care for their relatives, especially their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Hear me in this, is that you've got to take care of your household. You uh, do not want to um, uh, negatively uh, reflect irresponsibility in this time. The second thing I think that we can do in this time is that we need to help care for the household of faith. What does this mean? It means that our second responsibility, our social responsibility uh, is our church family. Um, the Bible says about helping others in the church, it says, the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Galatia, and he says this, so then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are in the household of faith. You and I have a special responsibility to the church family. Well, number one, we've got to take care of our household. Number two, we've got to help take care of the household of faith, North Valley Community Church or whatever church that you're a part of. So what does this mean for us? It means I want you to go online in just a minute and I want to show you that you are going to go to the website, go to the bottom of the website, and that you're going to take this survey that says here to help. When you click on that, you're going to be asked to take a survey which will surface uh, questions about how you're doing, how your family is doing, and how maybe for some of you will want to help. Or some of you, you're just going to need financial assistance. You're going to need extra help and care. We want to do that. So we've got to help each other in this time, but we need to know where you're at. So go online today and to fill out that survey. Over the next few weeks, we have to prepare and plan to understand how our own church family is doing. So your needs are, are the church's responsibility. We're in this together. Number three, I want to challenge you. Let's help care for the community. You say, how in the world can we, we help the community? I don't think that we can right now. I think right now what we must do is we need to get an inventory of how our first our church family is doing. We need to make sure that you hear us on this is that you got to take care of your family right now in this time. Um, you need to make sure your kids are moving forward in the faith, being proactive, not just simply paralyzed, but learning how to walk in faith, not simply in fear, figuring out how to be wise as a family, not unwise. We need to as well, not simply care for our families and then take steps to begin to think about how we're going to care for each other in this time, uh, but also how does God want us to respond to the community? The Bible says is that He's called us to be light, to shine our lights. And so what I want to encourage you to do is when you go online and you take that survey, it says here to help, you 
you say, I would like to help at some level with the community outreach. It may just be making phone calls. Right now, we're preparing to launch a mailer to 6,000 households in the next three or four weeks that goes out and says, we're here to help. You don't have to come to our church. You don't have to be a Christian. We want to just know how we can pray for you. And as we're able to help engage at some level or another, you may want to be involved in that. You may want to help make phone calls. You want to may help visit people if we're able to do that. You may want to help do groceries. You may want to do a number of things, but we've got to figure out, and I want you to be praying right now on how we can help as our community is going to need us. The community is going to need the church. And I would say this, I, I remember hearing this exhortation. Um, my hope is, is that when all this is over, would be like the Christian Eusebius described in the fourth century uh, that his prayer was that once the crisis had ended in his time frame, that they would say of Christians that the deeds were on the lips and they glorified the God of the Christians, that the community would say, wow, the Christians are at work. And so in this time, we've got to figure out how we're going to shine in this time. And it's going to take prayer and careful consideration. Number four, here's how we need to, here's how we need to live in a crazy time. We need to live and walk in wisdom. You need to commit to daily prayer. Um, you can't get through what you're going through unless you're, number one, communicating your needs to your Heavenly Father. The Apostle James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously. Right now, you and I are being challenged to more than ever let, let's go to God for wisdom. How do you walk in, in wisdom? You go to God and you say, God, I, I'm lacking wisdom in this crazy time. I need you to give me wisdom. Then you need to pause and you need to wait and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you, to fill your mind, align your heart and your emotions with what is true in God's word and then step out in faith in that. So commit to daily prayer. I've, I've just finished a daily prayer th encouragement for you. Um, it's on the website. You can go on the website. Uh, you can see a screenshot that says, pray with us. And we're not asking you to pray physically in person. We're asking you to join us in prayer every single day praying for people that have been infected or affected by COVID-19, praying for our uh, first responders, praying for our friends and our family, praying for our church, praying for our government leaders. All of that is there. I want to encourage you to do that. Right now, I have a dear friend of mine down in New Orleans who serves as a chaplain, and he wrote on his Facebook page, uh, just this, the, his firsthand encounters and seeing the, the challenge that he's facing daily uh, with the, the crisis in tight quarters. And guys, let me tell you something, in Arizona specifically, especially in the suburbs, we are blessed. We have space. We're not in super tight confines. We're not in the inner city in hyper tight quarters. There is so much to be blessed and be thankful for. And you and I right now, we need to be praying and encouraging those we who are strong need to help those who are weak. One way we can do that is pray. Many of you have anxiety. Many of you are stressed out and freaking out. And what you got to do is you got to pray. Like MC Hammer said, you got to pray just to make it today. And my encouragement is to do that, is commit to daily prayer. Here's what the Apostle Paul said to his protege, Timothy. He says, first of all, then I urge the supplications and prayers and intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people 
That means the Christians, the non-Christians, everybody. He says for kings and all who are in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it's pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. Just last week, I talked about pleasing the Lord. It's pleasing to God when you and I are praying for our city, for our community, for our church, for our country, for our, 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 our world. He says, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth? You and I need to be praying for salvation in these times that people would turn away from sin, turn away from fear, and turn towards their Savior instead of themselves. Turn towards uh, faith instead of their fear. And last but not least is I want to encourage you, all of you, to start or to continue to give online. As a church, what we're trying to do is to prepare and plan how this is going to play out in the, the financial ministry of our church. Um, the Bible says uh, that we're to, we're to excel into this area of giving. And I want to encourage you right now um, to, if you have not started to give online, um, or if you already are giving online, I want to encourage you to better yet, would you give automated? Um, when you give automated, that helps us to more intelligently, like a reoccurring gift, that helps us to manage our, our church family budget. You've got a budget. If you're running your household good, we've got a budget. And what we've got to do as a church right now, I've worked with our finance team, our elder team. We're looking over the next four weeks on how to prepare and plan through this time. And what would tremendously help us right now is if you would consider uh, going and doing automated giving. I, the good news is, is this, is that right now North Valley has 74 households that are giving uh, automated not, uh, not simply online, but automated, meaning reoccurring. So that's for us an understanding of how we can sh uh, structure our, our, our ministry. While many churches are stepping back, we believe we need to step forward. We're not going to lay off any of our staff, if at all possible. We want to continue our ministry, continue to advance the ministry and the missions for the glory of Christ in the North Valley and beyond. Our goal is over the next four weeks, we would love to see 148 households doing reoccurring giving. Many of you give on a Sunday morning. Many of you give online every, and you make that decision every week or every month or twice a month. My encouragement is that if we can move from 74 households that are doing automated giving to 148 in the next four weeks, that will radically impact our church for the good and we can stabilize and do everything more intelligently, plan our ministry more intelligently. Um, the best news of all about giving online and what's going on right now is that we just received a $15,000 matching gift in efforts to encourage new givers and challenge the existing ones to stretch themselves to give above and beyond their regular giving and that offer is good until the end of April. So this is a great opportunity to really impact uh, and make an impact with your giving exponentially. When other organizations are stepping back, North Valley is stepping forward. As Christians, uh, in a time of crisis, when many go into fear, we need to call upon God to give us strength and to fill us with faith. The Bible says this, the Apostle Paul challenges the church 
in Corinth who was going through a crisis, a famine. And he said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in love, we have kindled in you. See that you also excel in this grace of giving. My encouragement to you is to take that step. Some of you say, I don't know if I can do that because I don't know uh, my income changes on a continual basis. I understand. So my encouragement is to do what you can so that we can move together in this. And then know this on Easter Sunday, we will have the biggest gathering, the best gathering that we've ever had. And we're going to do our hope offering. And 100% of that hope offering is going to be to help bring financial relief for anybody who needs it. And so for now, what I'm saying is for the next four weeks, uh, let's, let's move forward and we can do this together. We want to encourage you to give towards our general fund. Uh, reoccurring giving so that we can step forward in this time. Well, before we leave, I want to share with you what's a really cool opportunity. Because you've been generous, we were able to build that house in Mexico. We thought it wouldn't be possible, but check out this fun video. Because of your generosity, your prayers, a family in Mexico got that house. Check this out. Hey, North Valley, Scott here from I-68 down in sunny Mexico. It's beautiful today. Super bummed you're not with us as we had all planned and worked for. But God has uh, taken our plans and done something beautiful with them like he always does. As you can see behind me, the house is being built because of your faithfulness and generosity and commitment to the Corona family and to the kingdom. We found out when you weren't coming, we decided to invite all our youth. We have a big youth ministry, students and music, and we thought maybe 20 kids would show up, and 20 kids showed up, and they brought their siblings and their friends, and so we have over 50 kids here uh, building a house for the Corona family. So welcome to youth ministry. So there's cool things happening. Just wanted to say, hey, we miss you. Sorry you can't be with us, but we want to say thank you. Love you guys. Well, hey guys, we have so much to be thankful for as a church. Um, I hope that this message encourages you and challenges you. May the God of peace uh, give you peace, which surpasses all understanding and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. To Christ be the glory in the North Valley. This is Pastor Ryan. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, Give today at northvalleychurch.org.